We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void were prohibited. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast. It is Thursday, November 10th. I want to wish a happy birthday to Tony Snell. Uh, Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. Uh, let's talk Minnesota Timberwolves right away. I think when we spoke last Thursday, we spent quite a bit of time uh, kind of riffing on Zach Levine, his hot start. Um, he, he struggled against Sacramento, or excuse me, struggled against uh, Brooklyn earlier this week, struggled against OKC over the weekend, uh, just four points against the Thunder and, and 17 on five of 16 shooting against Brooklyn. But then he comes back last night. Uh, the Wolves get in the win column for the second time this season. They're now two and five, uh, blowout win over Orlando. And Levine goes for 37, four rebounds and three assists, seven of nine from three. The, the 37 points were a career high. Um, it looks like he's back on track. And, you know, like we said, probably looking like somebody who – 
is maybe the front runner for most improved player of the year right now? You know, he was my pick for that award coming in, but uh, I haven't really heard a ton of buzz about Levine this year, and I think that's probably just because the, the Timberwolves are still 2-5. and five. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you look at his numbers, it's, you know, 40, 47% from the field, 49% from three-point range this thus far, and a lot of his three-pointers are, if not contested, they're deep. Right. So it's not it's not like he's just banging down a bunch of open corner threes. You know, a lot of these are uh from several feet behind the arc with a with a guy right right in his face. Evan Fournier was in his was kind of right in his jersey uh for most of the shots he made last night and he just kind of wasn't as aggressive about putting a hand up as he should have been. Uh shooting eighty six percent from the line. I mean, just an incredibly efficient start to the season for him, even with a couple dud games mixed in there. Uh, 20 points a game right now. I think that probably uh, could continue, but you know it'd be nice if he were doing a little bit more in the other in the other categories. And it's kind of uh, the same sort of refrain we've been uh, saying with Andrew Wiggins so far this season. It's it's a lot of scoring and it's not a not a lot else to go with the points. So mm-hmm. that might uh, help explain. You know, if two of your best players are really just kind of only scoring and not you know, doing much to, to help out their teammates or uh, make an impact on the glass. I mean, Levine is, is super athletic. Uh, he's got a you know, he's 6'5", but, I mean, I think he can could reasonably uh, crash the boards a bit better than he has mm-hmm. so far, especially uh, considering who's guarding him most nights. Yeah, and watching Levine last night, these these were not just open shots that he was hitting. I mean, it's it's off the dribble, pulling up, you know, defender in his face. I didn't think Fournier did a bad job on him necessarily. I think Levine was just better offensively, and he's so athletic that you know we talked about this on the last pod. Like he he knows how to use that athleticism to get shots. It's not just there to dunk on fast breaks. You know, like he uses it to his advantage. He's quick. Uh, I think he can do a little bit better job finishing around the rim, but he was relying on the jumper mostly last night and, and it was going down but Minnesota now is three guys averaging at least 20 points Levine's at 20.4 Wiggins is at an even 24 uh, and is at 22 a game um, but like you said not a lot of production in the assist categories for any of those three uh, Towns is actually the leader of the three at 2.9 uh, how, how do you have like how do you have Andrew Wiggins and Zach Levine combining for eight rebounds a game when they're both playing like 34 minutes like, I, right exactly those I guys don't... are like two of the best athletes in the league Wiggins especially like it's it's pretty embarrassing and then I, I would kind of translate that over to to their their defensive numbers you you look at they're both well under uh, a steal and a block a game they're they're combining for one steal a game in mm-hmm. seven in uh, 68 minutes right so those two are getting one steal I mean game. there's no reason that this Minnesota team should only have two wins right now. They, they're they giving up the most rebounds per game to opponents. They're 26th uh, in their own uh, rebounds per game. Um, and they're first in the league in three-point shooting. I mean, they're all over the board. They're 24th in steals. They're 26th in assists. Um, you know, they're 22nd in scoring. But then again, you know, they're, they're shooting the three better than anybody. Like, it's just a weird mix right now. I don't think they've quite figured out uh, the identity of this team. I mean, does it... It'll help when Ricky Rubio gets back, I guess, but I don't know that the gap between Rubio and Dunn is massive when it comes to team success. Um, I think I think Rubio 
would would really be helping things honestly i I just think you know experience i think can can get overrated at times if you're if you're scott brooks and you're playing kendrick perkins a lot or playing Derek fisher a lot but uh with just ricky rubio versus um versus chris dunn at this stage in their careers uh you know rubio has been a guy that throughout his career his teams have been better when he's been on the court like mm-hmm. you, you can point to his flaws all you want but I mean he's a he's a good defensive player he's he's really good at uh, getting his teammates involved and I think this would have been one of the years uh, you know once he gets back out there we'll see I think this would be a year where maybe he could prove kind of the way that a guy like Rajon Rondo proved back in Boston that his team can be extremely successful when he's out there even if he's a uh, you know, really not doing anything with his with his shooting, uh, just because of the, how good the three scores he has around him are. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Um, DJ and I on the podcast yesterday talked quite a bit about Boston, about Avery Bradley, uh, the start that he's off to. He had another twenty point game uh, last night. I mean, he's probably he's another guy certainly who's up there in the conversation for most improved player of the year. Um, again, we're only you know two weeks into the season, so it's it's way too early to start handing those out. But I mean, the the production that we're seeing from Bradley, uh, at least in this small sample that we haven't before, uh, is pretty astounding. I mean, his rebounds are up massively. You know, triple the number of rebounds essentially uh from last season and i think that'll come down as the season goes on his assist numbers he's virtually doubled thus far uh and you know we know he's already one of the better wing defenders in the league so uh i mean bradley at four for 32 right now he only has one more year remaining uh on that contract looks like one of the better values but but marcus smart is also playing well for boston too yeah it's only four games uh the number that kind of jumps out though is 36 percent from three right um on 6.3 attempts per game like <laughs> it, it's kind of clear that brad stevens has told him look like we're gonna make you a better three-point shooter and part of that development's gonna come in games like we're right. we're giving you the green light to to shoot and uh maybe we're just gonna use this whole regular season to kind of help give you the confidence to to be that kind of player going forward because mm-hmm. You know, they're clearly not, at least through four games, they're not attempting to sort of make him the distributor of the second unit. They're attempting to make him the scorer of the second mm-hmm. unit. So I think that's interesting. I wouldn't have necessarily expected them to go that route. I thought maybe they would try to have him sort of take the Evan Turner duties from last year where he was uh, tasked with getting everyone involved off the bench but I mean he's he's been looking for his own shot he's been a lot more efficient than we've seen from Mm -hmm. him in years past gonna be interesting to see how long both of those guys can sort of remain reliable on a night-to-night basis now that they're both uh playing alongside one another right and and smart you know still shooting less than 42 percent from the field but for a guy who's a career you know 35 percent shooter essentially coming into the season that's huge I mean is he really all that far off from like just a Dion Waiters who plays really good D uh, I don't know. I mean, he's a, probably a better passer. That's uh, that seems like too big of a stretch. Uh, okay. I mean, Dion Waiters is is his own man. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's like Dion Waiters who does like everything other than the Dion Waiters stuff. Like, sure. Like, yeah. like Dion Waiters like only shoots. I feel like he has like the mindset of <laughs> Dion Waiters. Like any kind of Dion Waiters comp 
like that needs to be followed by like who does like X, Y, and Z. It's like you're yeah. no longer you're no longer now Deon you're Waiters. just like bashing him by putting Deion Waiters in the count. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, the Washington Wizards not looking so hot so far. They're two and five. John Wall kicked out of his second straight game last night. Uh, always a good look, but Otto Porter. Yeah. How, how about how? Otto Porter? Wow. 17 how? points per game, 8.3 <laughs> rebounds per game, shooting 61% from the floor on 12 uh, field goal attempts per game. His three-point shooting is down, oddly enough. That's kind of the one area where he was really reliable last season. Uh, but 34 and 14 for Otto Porter last night uh, to go with four assists, three steals, and three blocks. Uh, try that on for size, James. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's... I'm I'm willing to say I was wrong. Like it's only seven games, but I <laughs> never of all time. I never thought that he would put together a line like he did last night. Like it, in his entire NBA career, no, when right. he got drafted, he had all that Georgetown Hoya stink on him. I <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with him. Uh, kind of the the fact that he's off to this this start has maybe overshadowed the fact that. Uh, Kelly Oubre has basically done nothing. And Kelly like, Oubre has been very bad. Oubre is a guy that I kind of thought coming into the year might surpass Otto Porter as sort of that team's uh, wing of the future, I guess. I, I liked him more as a prospect, and that's obviously not happening. If, if anything, there, there's been space created in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe if maybe maybe a guy like Oubre becomes expendable if the Wizards look to to try to make a move or something. I, th- I think so, yeah. I think this time, or maybe not this time last year, the end of last season, I think they were a lot higher on him than they were probably when they started this season. I mean, he only played three minutes last night against Boston. This is this is not a very deep Wizards team that has all these options on the wing. I mean, Marcus Thornton played 34 minutes. To boot. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but like I said, John Wall uh, kicked out of this game late. Um, the Wizards won by 25. It's, you don't often see stars get uh, booted from games uh, when their teams are up big. But uh, Boston still not at full strength. No Crowder for at least another week. Al Horford's out again on Friday as the concussion symptoms persist. But you got to be a little bit concerned, I think, if you're if you're a Boston fan, even without those two players. This Washington team is not good enough to beat what was left of Boston by 25. Yeah, I mean, they have, uh, you know, another guy that's gotten off to a really good start is Marcin Gortat. It didn't really show in the numbers necessarily last night, but he had the, the highest plus minus. He's uh, off to one of the better starts of his career. One of those, one of the many uh, two and five teams in the league that I think entered the year with uh, playoff aspirations and just for Boston, this is like this is one of the dangers of you know going hard on a team where Isaiah Thomas is the second best player and like saying yeah they're going to win fifty five, fifty six, mm-hmm. fifty seven, fifty eight games. Like all you really need is like one stretch in the season where things aren't clicking, where you're dealing with injuries, and all of a sudden like you look at the raw talent, it's just not mm-hmm. there to kind of make that type of thing happen. Yeah, I think ideally, it you know, it's nice to say we have you know ten or twelve guys we can rely upon, but there's a lot of volatility there when none of those guys are really proven superstars. You know, and with, with the superstar laden team, you know, if you look at a team like I don't know Cleveland, L.A., Golden State, whatever, 
you know, if one guy has an off night, you can look to the other two and, and just you just know that they're going to kind of pick them up. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. With Boston, you're relying on all, you know, 10 of these guys to all get better and all sustain. And, like, I just don't know if we've seen that quite so quite yet and I don't, I don't think it's reflected in the record right now at three and four but I mean Boston's firmly going to be a playoff team uh, I'm not too worried about them but let's look at some of these other teams that have struggled out of the gate um, you know there's a lot of teams sitting at two and five two and four three and five four and five that kind of area um, like wh- which of these teams that that's got off to a slower start than maybe we expected do you still think uh, could make some noise come playoff time I wouldn't say any of them are going to make noise, but I think that uh, you can make a case that a couple might get in. Um, you know, in the in the East, I don't see how – I don't really see how that Bucks team gets in. They're at four and three. I think the rest of the teams that are currently projected to make the play – I could actually see the Bulls or Pacers or both falling out. Yep. Uh, the thing is with that though is like who takes their spot. Well, Boston, like, I don't like any of the teams. Let's put Boston in right. for the Bucks. Yes. Uh, and then I think it kind of comes down to Washington versus um, Indiana and Chicago for one spot or for two spots, right? Like I think Washington's bad. You do? I do. I don't think Washington's a playoff team. Well, that's. I'm not going to write them off yet. I think that they. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm really, really willing to write anyone off in the East outside of Philly and probably Brooklyn, but Washington's right there for me. I like them significantly more, and I like you know Miami, Orlando, New York. Um, I think Milwaukee's kind of in that same tier with those teams. Yeah, maybe. I could maybe buy Washington and Milwaukee sort of being fairly close to each other. Sure. Uh, but I like I guess in the East, if you just want me to pick one team that's gotten off to a rough start that I'm I think could mm-hmm. turn around, I guess Washington would be my pick just right. based on the past track record with that team with that core. Yeah, uh, I I think Indiana's a pretty flawed team. They they've gotten outscored um, by three point two points per game this year. They're four and four, but I mean they're not stopping anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think once the Pistons get healthy, you're going to see them really rise up the the Eastern Conference leaderboard. Uh, The Bulls, to me, are kind of the toughest team to peg in this conference right now because we've seen them look really good. Mm. But in those games where they've looked good, guys like Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler have been raining threes, and I just don't see how you can expect that to continue. So, like I said, I I, I see them sort of falling a little bit, but you're you're right. I mean, there's not an obvious team that's going to take their place. Out West is where it gets a bit... Bit more interesting just because you have the Lakers sitting there four and four, Grizzlies four and four. Uh, the the teams ahead of them, I'd be willing to willing to bet probably all make the playoffs yeah. as long as they can stay healthy. But have you been surprised by Houston by the way, which just won at San Antonio last night? I mean, they're just the type of team that could beat anyone and lose to anyone. Yeah, you know they they can. Sc- score 120 and they can give up 120 pretty much any night uh so you know yeah they're they're sitting there at five and three but they have the you know they they have the win loss or the points differential of a 500 team yep i think looking at those teams and well first of all like what kind of odds would you give the lakers like two day of making the playoffs 
Ah, uh, gee. I mean, percentage-wise, I would say like 20%. I think that sounds about right. I mean, they've looked good. They've been they've been just as fun to watch as we predicted. You know, they've been at least, you know, very competent basketball-wise. They have a win over the Warriors. Um, Nick the, Young looks like a real NBA player again. Like, like it's, uh, let's not get how much of this credit are you giving to Walton, by the way? I mean, obviously it's nice, I think, to kind of just get away from Byron Scott altogether, but I think Walton deserves quite a bit of credit. Uh I think so far, I, I honestly think it's more of just getting Byron Scott out of there. I think that that's really helped some of these players uh, break out and kind of trust themselves and, and be not afraid to make mistakes. I also think, do you think there's anything to the idea that maybe a few of these games earlier in the season, teams have come in and they're just like, oh man, finally we get an easy one tonight. Like we got the Lakers, it's going to be great. Uh, do you I think, think so, there's yeah. any of that? Like, I think there is. I think they. I think teams didn't respect the Lakers last year. I think that still carries over. Like the the teams that they've beat, three of the teams they've beat are good teams. Like yeah. good teams that probably came in, Warriors, Hawks, Rockets. Yeah. Good teams that probably came in, like ready to kind of pump the brakes and and get kind of a an mm-hmm. easy win. And you know they lost. Three of their the three of their four losses are on the road to to decent teams: Jazz, Thunder, Pacers. No shame in losing those games. Uh, they lost to the Mavericks at home. You know that that's that's a, a little telling, I think, because that that Mavericks team is is really hurting. And you you look at Carlisle versus Luke Walton. You know, maybe a little little uh, getting taken advantage there by by the better coach in that situation, <laughs> but. Uh, the teams beneath the Lakers, I think I think 20% sounds good in terms of their odds to make the playoffs going forward. Um, what about that over-under? It was 24-and-a-half um, as of you know opening night. I, I think I took the under. I think I did too, but like, I think I think I would take the over now, right? Oh, yeah. I, think, I mean, they, this doesn't this doesn't have the makings of like this superficially hot start where you know they've squeaked out a couple games. Like They, they, they look like a team that could kind of go every other. They look like a team that I think I, I would project to finish at like around 35 wins right now. Yeah, I think they probably end up a little lower than that when it's all said and done, but like they could pretty easily get to 30 and should get to 30. They have a team that is just going to be more be too athletic for certain teams to handle some yeah. nights and uh, well, it's like if if you want to get to 30 wins, they have to go what? Uh 26 and I don't even know. I'm really bad at math. I'm like real bad. <laughs> wow. Putting, putting 26 and something. Putting my math on this <laughs> Let's figure this out. It's yeah. Let's, let's figure bring this out. Bring out the old. Let's figure the old calculator. Out. All right. They played um, eight games. Let's see. So they would need to go twenty six and forty eight. Yeah, the rest like of that the seems really doable, right? Yeah, very doable. Uh, so yeah, I think I think they definitely get to thirty plus wins. Um, the Kings sitting there at four and five have looked kind of well, okay. Actually, let's let's just do this. So you said twenty percent chance for the Lakers. What percent chance do you give the Grizzlies? Also four and four. Seventy. Seventy percent chance to make the playoffs. They're yeah. four and four. It's eight games in. Seventy. I, I like the Grizzlies. So like you the, think it's what you team think below the, them is is so you think put, the Western is, Conference is just kind of a wrap. Like you think it's, I think it's the, pretty clear who the top eight the teams eight are. teams. I think if you drop the Lakers out, uh, drop the Lakers out, they're currently tied with Memphis for the eight, uh, and put the Grizzlies ahead of them. Those are my eight. Yeah. You're pretty much ready to go. Those All are right. the eight that I picked at the beginning of the year. Okay, well, not in that order, but yeah. Um, 
I'm I not. Like, I'm not giving below, up. I'm not giving up on my wolves. Sure. No, I wouldn't. That's the team I was. I was going to say. Like, what team below the Kings and the Grizzlies right now do you see as like the potential threat? Like the I wolves think, to me are the only one that has that real ceiling. I'm still picking the wolves to get in. Yeah. Uh, so like, I think for me the the Lakers fall out. The wolves get in. So okay. So do the Grizzlies? You know, if seventy percent is way too high for me to say Grizz. Like, I, I would go as high as like eighty with them probably. But do you? Where do you think? Are they fifty fifty? At best, I would say I would. I was probably going to say like thirty to forty percent. They don't have a bench. That's a problem. They don't really have bench guards. Yeah, and I mean, I, it's we'll we'll see. I I just yeah, I think that the injury issues I had going into the year still apply. Uh, it's a long season. I think this is when this is like the time of this time of the year when they should be you know really you know loading up on wins because mm-hmm. i feel like there's going to be a time later in the year when they they probably hit a rough patch due to sure. some some guys being unavailable uh the mavericks a team that i was i was pretty wrong about it looks like i mean obviously injuries with them as well uh dirk nowitzki you know if he's not out there you kind of look at that team as one of the worst teams in in the league mm-hmm. just because of everything he he does to kind of open things up on offense but are you has has Harrison Barnes found his his complete calling as bad or as good player on yeah. a bad team? Is he the he, new? Of Shari- course he has. Is he the new Sharif Abdurrahim? <laughs> um, that's a good cop. Uh, like, yeah, he very well might be. He's so at home. This is the, this is such a comfortable setting right. for him. Like putting up numbers. The team's not winning, but there's no pressure. He's right. just out there filling it up. Just like, chilling. Nobody cares. Like, yeah. He, I mean, he already has three 30-point games on the year. Um, you know, like, like I said before, I watched the whole game on Sunday against the Bucks, and, like, the shots that he was taking and making are just shots you would never see, really, from Harrison Barnes in Golden State. And, you know, his role was so different there, of course. But, like, he he just looks like he refound the confidence that he had, you know, coming into North Carolina as the number one overall player. It's, I were, think for a while he forgot about that. You were on team hate hard coming into the year. I was. On, on Harrison Barnes. I was trying to well, be the voice of reason. But. I was on hate hard. Uh, you were on team he's not going to be asked to do that much. Like, are you surprised that he already has 30, three 30-point games? Yeah. I was I was on team that's a fine contract for him. Like, yeah. Like, I I didn't see anything wrong with that contract. Um but I, you're right. Like I thought, at if this Mavs team's at full health, I viewed him as maybe like the third option. Yeah, and that that is the other thing too. Is Dirk's been out? You know, they've had injuries in the backcourt. He's had the ball in his hands probably a little bit more than he will once those guys are back. So you know, we might not see the shot attempts. You know, kind of stay at this level. But I think he's already show. I I, I would have probably taken the under on like thirty point games uh, if it was set at three for the season on Harrison Barnes. Uh, Marquise Chris is now in the starting lineup. For the Phoenix Suns, uh, no move that Earl Watson says is permanent going forward. Is it? Uh, that's what he said. You know, uh, you got to take Earl's Earl's that? word as gospel. Um, this is permanent. He played. He played <laughs> one minute. Change. He played one it's minute. Never in, coming out. No, never exactly. coming out of the starting lineup. He's no in. matter. He, he's gonna get hurt. He's still gonna start him. <laughs> like, um, I mean, do you like this move? I I'm a fan of the immersion strategy of. Uh, you know, rather than sitting a guy out for a year or sending him to the D League, just just throw him out there. I'm just glad that the Suns know where they're at. This is a move made by a team that realizes it's not contending for a playoff spot. Uh, so I don't. I mean, I'm. I hate second guessing a coach when he has more, way more information than I do about like a player and about the locker. Well, room. I wouldn't say that. 
Well, he we saw Marquise Chris at the combine for That's like true. a half a day. So yeah, think we about did, that. We did uh, spend <laughs> some time with Marquise Chris uh, in a one-on-one setting. Um, so I I got I kind of got the impression when we were hanging out with Marquise Chris that he uh, <laughs> NBA player Marquise Chris that that he you just call him Marquise. He is not the yeah. When we were talking to Marquise, it, it <laughs> seemed like he maybe isn't the type of player who. You know, say he starts the next like five games and just really sucks. Like I don't know how well he would deal with that type of failure, and I don't know how well he would deal. Like I mean, fairly immature kid. Like not in terms of I don't think he's going to do anything stupid like off the court, but just immature. Like he's he's nineteen years old. He hasn't played a ton of basketball. Uh, I would. He's the type of prospect that I would probably prefer to try to develop. You know, in practice, give him some minutes here and there. You know, if he's ready for big minutes, I'd do it that way. I don't know if he's the type of guy that I would just throw to the wolves. Whereas a guy like Devin Booker last year, he always kind of gave me that vibe as a guy that can hand, like, just extremely confident, can handle, like, he he's not going to stop shooting. Like, and we we've seen that. Like, if he if he goes one for thirteen, like he the next the next one's going up, like that that's the type of player he mm-hmm. is. That I don't mind throwing a guy like that to the wolves and just sort of letting him kind of figure it out. Uh, Chris, yeah, they're not going anywhere. I don't know. I I I would have liked to have seen. I'd like to see Bender playing more, honestly. And I don't know if that's a thing where Earl Watson might have maybe some some Euro biases or. Or necessarily, a little bit xenophobic. Maybe. Yeah, like what I, I'd like to kind of know why he thinks Chris is ready and, and Bender's not ready. That that is a good question. And Bender's played more over the last two games than Chris has, despite Chris starting. Like Bender had three straight DMP CDs, and then he played twenty three minutes in the in that loss to Portland on Tuesday, uh, and then just eight minutes against Detroit. Like I don't know what's going on with this rotation. They seem to have one too many guys. Like I think they need to trade PJ Tucker. <laughs> Okay, for what? I'm just gonna say it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think because if like, they're th- clearly building for the future, like PJ Tucker doesn't a, match send that. Send out a mass text, hey guys. Like tuck, pick up a PJ, second rounder. PJ Tucker's available. Grab it. Sure, yeah. First pick up team, a second rounder. Second round. Dudley too. Do you think you could get a second rounder for PJ Tucker? Yes, totally. Okay. The Cavs like were toying with like maybe maybe trading for him instead of Fry last year. I mean, then just trade it. If 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 you can get a, if you can get a second rounder for PJ Tucker, just do it. Let's get right. Let's get I, it over with. I, I would like. Hey, we'll we'll talk to Earl after the pod and see what he can um, do. So Ooh. like, <laughs> is is it kind of weird that Jared Dudley's on this roster? Sure, I was. Just like, why throw him? Why is he? Maybe on package there? him in. And Did Tucker. they sign him to trade him? That's possible. Like, I mean that that would make sense. That'd be kind of smart. And I uh, mean Dudley's the guy who was shifted out of the lineup for Chris. But Dudley is like Dudley's the guy if I'm a if I'm a playoff team or a team with playoff aspirations like you know he things didn't go well for him it, with the Clippers uh and that would, that would actually the, the money wouldn't work there. But like there are team like there are teams that could use Jared yes. Dudley. The Clippers a, a could use way. Jared like current right. day Jared Dudley. He right. had the knee injury with the Clippers. I don't think I, he was I think too there's thrilled. some bad blood there. He, he so, wasn't thrilled with how the medical yeah, like staff I, I think handled that, that. Maybe wouldn't be a fit for that reason, yeah. but there He was great in Milwaukee, he was great in Washington last year. Yeah, I mean, there are teams that could use Jared Dudley yeah. and that would that would free up some space. I mean, they need to trade a lot of guys in this roster. They probably need to move Tyson Chandler at some point. And that that contract and him as a player, you know, are, is not going to get better with age, right? 
the problem is like you you don't want to move a guy like Chandler uh in like some sort of package where mm-hmm. you're just trying to get him off the books and taking like a lesser right. haul because of that. Yeah, it's like you still have, you can't have a team of all 21-year-olds and, you know, 19-year-olds basically, which is what this team is plus Tucker, Barbosa, Dudley and Chandler. Like you, you can't move all those guys, right? I mean, you, I think you want to keep at least one or two around ideally in a mentor role and like it's not like any of these guys are like so old that they can't play like they're all still very productive players in their early 30s so we were doing we were we were talking earlier we were kind of ranking denver's assets their yeah. young players here we go uh how would you how do you rank phoenix's assets like if if you're just yeah, looking context, at looking like, at like um like say, okay say you're the kings or okay, sure. whoever and you're and you're talking with phoenix about a trade like how yeah. do you what's your one two three in sure. terms of preference yeah in, well let's say we're, we're you're organizing a trade in dynasty mode on 2k and it you know it ranks <laughs> them by stars uh well i mean one i think right now has to be booker right i agree booker one um it, it context totally depends on this i guess like i would put bledsoe two because like if you're a team that wants to win like bledsoe probably means a lot more to you than like chris or warren uh but i think there's a case for probably tj warren there's still a case for Brandon Knight. Some teams are probably really interested in Knight. Some probably don't want him at all. Chris is interesting, but he's still so raw. Like, there's some teams that Chris, would probably prefer Bender over Chris. I think you have to include Chris, Bender, and Alex Len. Yeah. Oh, Len too. Sure. Right. Uh, I mean, and then like you know, Ulysses is interesting, but like yeah, no team is really trying to get no, Ulysses. Talking about top three. Who, sure. What's the top three? Okay, so top three for me: Booker, Bledsoe, and Warren. Booker, Bledsoe, Warren. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, what's Bledsoe's contract? I feel like that's important. I mean, it, he's he's got to be at a bargain at this point. Bledsoe, given, given where the yeah the he's he's making fourteen mil this year. Um, I think he has what two years left on that. Um, live research on the pod. Nice. Well, we did live math earlier. We did. Yeah. <laughs> so you signed five for seventy. Uh, back before the yeah. twenty fourteen so fifteen. He's at a bargain. Yeah, he's at a real bargain. So they have him locked up for two more years. 14 and a half next year, 15 mil uh, in 2018-19. So that's a very good contract. Okay, so two more years after this one. So, yeah, I'll go I'll go Booker, Bledsoe, and I think, I think I'd go Bender. Okay. Uh, I'm with you that it's Bender over Chris. The problem is, here's my problem with Len and Warren. Like these guys are putting up when they play, they put up crazy numbers. I feel like you're going to run into the same problem with like Alex Len that like the Magic are running into with Nikola Vucevic, where it's just hard for you to construct a 50 win team around this guy playing big minutes for you. And I think with TJ Warren, you've just got a guy who's basically like Rudy Gay. Um, yeah, that's a good comp. And nobody really wants Rudy Gay. Like so, Dio, you sh- I don't know if you listened to yesterday's pod. Uh, probably not. But there was, there was some big time Rudy Gay love from uh, our good friend and confidant DJ Trainer. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't get that. I, he's not he's not the type of guy that I like. Um, like I DJ thought Rudy Gay, and I'm not trying to throw DJ under the bus. I just disagree with him. He thinks he thinks like Rudy Gay is like a guy that some like a contending team brings in to be like their final piece. Like he was saying, like I want OKC to go get Rudy Gay, 
And I was like, no, like teams don't view him like that anymore. Maybe like three years ago, he was that guy. But like, I think he's closer to Jeff Green territory now where it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, he can be productive if you give him 30 minutes. Everybody knows that. But like, he's not a winner. He's better than Jeff. It's it's complicated because I could see bringing him in if I'm a winning team uh, that just needs like if you have if you just don't have enough competent basketball players that you trust to play 20 minutes in a in a really important postseason series like if you if you're short on guys that that kind of fit that mold i would trust i'd give rudy gay 20 minutes maybe 24 minutes like a game in like a like if i'm a top four or five team in the west like and i'm playing like the clippers or the spurs in a series like i'm comfortable giving him 20 25 minutes in that series but the problem is you have to have him on a team where he's clearly not the best wing like he's clearly not the best yeah. scoring wing and he knows it everyone knows it like he knows that he's there just to kind of help out off the bench he like, would be an awesome fit with the clippers if there's no way they could afford him right but that would be a such a great like final piece for them i uh, think or even like I mean, even like a team like the Cavs, like like if if he's just like the guy that kind of comes in and like spells LeBron, maybe maybe plays some some four and guards like the the tougher guys that LeBron doesn't necessarily want to have to d up all game. Um, like if he goes into a situation like that where it's just like you're just here to like help out, buddy. Like you're not you're not here right. to like score. You need 20 to ask points. him to do less than he's capable of doing. Right. And like, that's how you that's yeah. how you find a guy a star in a role. Yeah. He doesn't take you from forty five win team to like fifty two win team. He just no. takes you from like fifty eight win team to like fifty nine win team. Basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He's the like you know this. He raises your ceiling by a game or two in the playoffs that ultimately decide right. a series. Yeah. I mean. I think DJ mentioned Portland as an interesting place for him. Like they have too many guys. That's already. what I said. Like you can. I like. I don't hate that idea. I just think like, where does he fit in? Like, obviously, you're giving something up if you're getting like him. Like, I, I like. I like their combination of like versatile yeah. wings now better than I do Rudy Gay. I hate that on so many levels, just because <laughs> like Portland's a team that just thrives off ball movement. They thrive off not having Rudy Gay right. on their team. Like, yes. that's the whole the exactly. whole point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he's even going to get dealt. I think he's certainly available. Their teams will be interested. I don't know. I mean, like, if you're Brooklyn or something, like, why not? I don't mind the Thunder because I don't think, like, I don't think the Thunder team is a contender as is. Me neither. So bringing in, like, Rudy Gay, that doesn't, like, ruin any chances because they don't have any right now. So, like, who knows what happens you bring Rudy Gay in. Maybe he gets hot for a month or something like that. But um, he's, yeah, he's just kind of a guy. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Clippers for a second. Like the Clippers are kind of like quietly murdering everybody that they play. Um, you know, the, so much attention has been paid to Golden State, even San Antonio and, and Cleveland. Like the, the Clippers are off to a quiet seven and one start. Um, just absolutely housed Portland last night. They had doubled them up at one point. It was like 96 to 45. I think they ended up winning that one. Uh, by only 31 and you know that doesn't tell the story of how much of a blowout this was only loss of the season is at home against OKC by two uh, last Wednesday kind of an odd game to lose considering some of the games that they've won already Uh, they beat Portland they beat Detroit they've won at San Antonio at Memphis uh, they've beaten Utah and they've won at Portland as well on opening night I mean this team is absolutely rolling right now and I think people maybe forgot just how good Blake Griffin is when he's at full strength I mean, they shouldn't have. He's, they shouldn't have, but he's they a did. Top ten player for sure. Uh, 
I mean, I think Chris Paul probably in the MVP can conversation if, mm-hmm. if this season ends today. Uh, I don't know. It's, which which is a better team right now, Cleveland or the Clippers? Cleveland. Cleveland? Okay. I think it's close. Um, I think both of those teams, though, do just kind of – they just show that uh, – you know, running it back when you're when you're talking about teams that are just easy fifty five plus win teams on paper, and you don't really change anything noteworthy. You know, same coach, same like top seven or eight rotation guys, or at least top four or five core guys, and you just run it back like that. That's huge, like especially early in the season. Right, you don't not, have to work anyone new into. Yeah. You don't have to get anybody shots. Like right. you're just picking up where you left off. You look at, you know how long have Redick, Paul, Jordan, and Griffin been playing together? Right. Like, that's just so easy for them to, to, to kind of know where each other's going to be right. and, and everything. Like, and you, you know, to blow some of these teams out, like the way they have, that, that gives those guys a little bit mm-hmm. of rest, gives some minutes to the, the supporting cast. They're not going to be, they're obviously not going to be an easy out at all. Uh, Warriors, Spurs. I mean, I think, it, I think most people pick them over the Spurs in the series. Yeah. I, I would still take the Warriors over them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. But I mean that—that's that's a series that maybe you know before the season you might have said might go like five. Mm-hmm. Like now you probably projected to go six or seven. Well, we watched this team lose to the Warriors over and over last year. I remember you and I were—I think we were at Jenna's that one night. You were yeah. trying to—you were trying to like sucker me into like live bets on this game. Like the I Clippers got, were up I got, what? Like I got Latarski to, to yeah, take that bet. They—they yeah. they were up like close to thirty, I think, <laughs> at the end of the first half, and you were like with dead like. Dead serious, like they're losing this game. I'll bet you guys. And I'm like, I'm, I'm out. Like, James knows something here. He's got the insider info. <laughs> and like, lo and behold, the Clippers just blew it. And it, it honestly seemed like kind of a turning point in that in that season. And it was still early. I want to say it was like mid November when that game happened. But like, they somebody ended up turning that into like one of those Sarah McLaughlin neglected dog <laughs> commercial. Like they put that song in the background and like showed the Clippers' reactions after the game. Like they just looked like wow we're just not as good as these guys and like i feel like this year even with golden state getting better and they haven't played each other yet they don't play each other till december 7th like the clippers seem to have a little bit more confidence a little bit more of a mean streak already i just like how this team fits together like you don't have the same questions like with cleveland it's you know how do we get love shots how do we make sure Kyrie's getting his like deandre jordan all he wants to do is dunk and rebound like paul and griffin you know i guess have a little bit of that reddick all he wants to do is run off screens and shoot like it's there's not that that issue of like making sure everyone's happy because they all do different things that fit together the big surprise to me is just how good the uh bench has been like yeah you knew those guys were going to be good but you know i i don't know who could have predicted raymond felton being decent or like most spates going to like another level. I mean that that's gonna come. That's gonna obviously. <laughs> Who knew he had another level? Like that's gonna obviously. He's already so good. Uh, you know th- that stuff's gonna all kind of regress mm-hmm. to to where their true talent lies. But uh, you know that bench looked awful to me coming right. into the year. No, uh, I mean bottom five in the league. Austin Rivers has been pretty solid. Yeah. You know if those guys continue to just destroy second units, which is what they've been doing all season long. Mm-hmm. Then this is a team that's going to cruise to in the mid sixties at least. Right, and they're doing that. Like West Johnson isn't even playing that much. You know, he's he's not a starter they anymore. Continue to just Luka Mbamute. You're, right, you're starting. Yeah, big time play player. Twenty three minutes. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, look at Brandon Bass has played really well in his limited minutes. I and mean, a lot of this has been garbage time, and you can kind of throw it out. But yeah, Spates, 
Um, you do think at Next at some level point spades. though, right? At some point though, this bench. This I don't think you know what to boot means. <laughs> <laughs> this this bench uh, is going to be an issue, though, down the road. Like, when you get into a playoff series, like you can't go in just being like, all right, we're just going to kick it to Mo here for a little bit. Like, they need they need another piece, and I don't know how they get it because of how this team is constructed. Right. Here's what, in the in the game against the Blazers, here's what Mo Spates does. 12 points. Last eight, night? Or, um, no, this is a couple Okay. Ago. 12 points, 8 rebounds, a steal, uh two blocks and two three-pointers to boot <laughs> okay now that's how you say it to boot <laughs> um yeah but like is that sustainable i don't think so it's most spades i know i know you just wanted to have an excuse yeah, I to say to, boot. i just wanted <laughs> to prove to you that i knew how to use to boot Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.